0: What do they say? The road to hell is paved with good intentions. This could be another one of those situations. That decision by Canada Goose to no longer use coyote fur because, you know, it was uh, there were a lot of people that felt that it was cruel to animals to use the real coyote fur trim on their signature parkas uh, could actually end up costing who? Us? Yes. That is according to a group representing Ontario ch- fur trappers. And here to talk about uh, the unintended consequences are, is Robin Horvath, General Manager of the Ontario Fur Managers Federation. Welcome to the show. Good to have you on, Robin. Good morning, Kelly. So what exactly is the uh, Ontario Fur Managers Federation? Uh, what do they do? What are you guys all about?
1: Well, we, uh, we represent the trappers of Ontario. Uh, we have a, a contract. We issue licenses for trappers, uh, across Ontario for the Ministry of Natural Resources and Forestry. Uh, we collect uh, all the harvest uh, data every year. A trapper at the end of the season has to report all of the fur that he's caught. It's, uh, it's uh, tracked, uh, it's heavily regulated. And uh, we also work uh, with the minister's office and, and uh, policy branch on regulations uh, that affect trappers and, and uh, fur bears.
0: I think a lot of us are shocked to find out that there's still fur trappers. I mean, we think about it as a, you know, when I, when I think of a fur trapper, I think about a corps de bois and I think about my history books, uh, in school. So how many fur trappers exist right now and how many uh, are registered with you?
1: Uh, there's, uh, there's, we have 6,000, just over 6,000 members that, uh, are voluntary members of the Ontario Fur Managers Federation. Then there's just over 8,000 trappers in Ontario total. With indigenous and non-indigenous trappers
0: that's that's an impressive number and i think a lot of people would be shocked to find out that you know coyotes although the canada goose was using them and it was controversial for a lot of people uh they were using coyote pelt to wring their uh hoods with uh that that we need to call these coyotes right it's important as far as uh the ecology and the health of of the uh environment up there can you talk to that
1: Yes, you're absolutely correct, Kelly. Uh, sustainability, uh, management of the fur bear populations, whether it's coyote, raccoon, uh, be it beaver, what it may, uh, these animals need to be uh, managed and kept in balance uh, for their own health, and of course, for the health and safety of uh, people. And um, I mean, right in Toronto, uh, Toronto's known as the uh, raccoon trap capital of the world. Uh, with the population there now. And uh, you have coyotes uh, that are causing issues right in Toronto. And I know your uh, listeners would be surprised to hear that uh, there's trapping, uh, nuisance trapping that goes on in Toronto uh, every day also. It's not just in the rural northern parts of Ontario that it is occurring.
0: So this move by Canada Goose, obviously they're listening to their uh, market and they're saying, okay, okay. We understand that fur is falling out of favor. We'll take that out of the mix. You still have to call the coyote population that used to be used on these collars. If they don't have a market, the fur trappers from Canada Goose, to sell these anymore, who pays for the job they're doing?
1: Well, if the trappers aren't doing it uh, and being able to uh, sell the pelt uh, for garments, uh, hats, mitts, etc., Uh, the taxpayers ultimately gonna end up paying for it. But I just like one thing that you just said in your last statement, Kelly. Mm. uh, I don't think it's so much the consumer that is saying, we don't want uh, fur trim on our coats. Uh, What has happened is uh, the anti-groups PETA for one, when uh, Canada Goose went on the open market, uh, the stock market to raise money to build factories around the world. Uh, PETA themselves bought large uh, amounts of shares in the company and they're at the at the board table now making demands that they they do not use uh, fur on the coats and that uh, they've protested their uh, retail stores the factories they've actually protested the CEO's uh, home and caused a lot of havoc for them so I I don't think it's fair to say it's uh, consumers don't want it any longer. I I think it's uh, bullying tactics and pressure from uh, minority uh, groups uh, that have uh, their own opinion or agenda.
0: It might be some from column A and some from column B. There are uh, a new generation of kind of woke consumers, younger people that don't want to wear fur. Uh, You know, I I don't wear real fur. However, I see the need to call Ah, uh, the population. Yeah. I understand that that numbers have to be uh, maintained up there. So um there still is an appetite for fur. Who's buying fur? Because I understand that you're shipping a bunch overseas.
1: Yeah, right now uh, there is a market in North America for some of the fur, but the uh, bulk of the fur sales uh, is going to the Asian countries, uh, to Russia, uh, to Italy, uh, European Union, some of those countries. Which is interesting because. Uh, those countries have tried to ban fur for years, but there there is a big market uh, overseas uh, for people that uh, that want the fur.
0: If we don't call the coyote population and keep it under control, what happens to the balance? Like, where where do things get thrown first? Give us a, a little idea.
1: Well, the first thing the first thing that's going to happen, Kelly, is uh, the average coyote female uh, every year has five to seven pups. Uh, it has been uh, recorded up to 17 pups in one litter. Uh, if we don't have trapping uh, a- as we have it today for the na- managing the natural resource, um, there's gonna be a-, a void there for a little while. And the amount of uh, Coyote population that will increase in a three to five year span, uh, we already have nuisance issues in our big cities. Toronto has it. Uh, Sudbury has it. Uh, If you look around North America, the coyotes are overpopulated, and uh, it'll just increase. But the other thing is, is if they're not uh, kept in balance, uh, and they are allowed to overpopulate nature, which is not humane, it's very cruel, will eventually step in and these animals will die of disease and uh, starvation.
0: We're talking mange?
1: Yeah, mange is one of the one of the diseases or or the the results of uh overpopulation for sure.
0: Before uh nature steps in, uh when the coyote population is is large and exploding, how do the herbivores uh, fare, like the deer and the moose?
1: Well, this is the other thing. Coyotes are predators. Uh coyotes, uh uh, a large coyote can take a deer down by itself, but uh, they, they will prey on uh, ungulates such as deer and, and um, beaver and, and other um, predatory uh, prey species. And um, it, it, it really, it puts everything out of balance. And that's what, uh, what can lead to the starvation because they will eat themselves out of house and home. And uh, I mean, I was to uh, East York four years ago in August Uh, to a town hall meeting, and uh, individuals there, uh, the one uh, lady that spoke, she had her cat taken the first week uh, Mm. off her front porch by a coyote, and they had pictures the second week, uh, the coyote jumped almost a five-foot fence and ate the dog in the backyard. So I mean, it's not just uh, wildlife and prey species, I mean, uh, pets in uh, urban centers and that uh, are also uh, on their menu.
0: All right. And, and who is, uh, you said that there's indigenous people that are also in the fur trade business still up north. How important is it for these people to, you know, have a, a livelihood, which involves the, you know, the culling of the coyote numbers?
1: Well, it's, it's important to the indigenous people. I mean, uh, especially in the far reaches uh, in the wintertime, it's what they do. Uh, some of the uh, fur bears that they trap, uh, they eat such as beaver, um, muskrat, uh, as part of their, uh, their fruit food source. And uh, the, they make mitts and gloves and uh, hats that they sell uh, in the summertime at their powwows and different trade events. And uh, a lot of that money is what helps uh, in their subsistence, uh, you know, for their family to, uh, to have extra money to uh, be able to do uh, things or support themselves.
0: Want to th- say thanks so much, Robin, to you for joining us. And you know, this is another situation where yeah, a, a headline it looks like it's it's uh, very easy to comprehend what's going on, but there's more to the story. As you s- start to pull at threads, you realize that there's uh, other stories interwoven into this bigger headline, and there are unintended consequences of Canada Goose getting rid of that fur trim on their uh, on their on their parkas.
1: Absolutely, Kelly. And we thank you for having us on today. And, and really, our only goal is is to put some of the facts out there. And uh, the other side of the story, as you said, of the uh, unforeseen consequences of some of these decisions, uh, it might sound like we're doing something uh, that's uh, going to help the ecosystem. But in a lot of times, uh, it actually becomes detrimental to the same ecosystem that we think we've done something great for. So Really appreciate the time today and the the opportunity just to get uh, the facts and part of the rest of the story out there to your listeners.
0: Well, thank you so much, Robin, for your time. Have yourself a good afternoon.
1: You also. Thank you.